Hi, welcome, wherever you're watching from. So glad you joined us again today. Today, I want to talk about accountability, being accountable, and seeing that being accountable is actually a really important thing in our lives. Now, when we read the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, it says that we're called to go into all the world and make disciples. Notice it doesn't say make converts. It says make disciples. Now, I really believe that the Great Commission, as we know it, is a call to discipleship. We have to lead people through the first steps of salvation to bring them into being kingdom people. But then we're called to help people grow in God, not just to experience the gift of salvation that means they go to heaven one day, but to experience life change, transformation, God taking their life and making it more than they ever believed it could ever be. So when we talk about discipleship, the Great Commission, commissioning us to make disciples. We need to understand that we don't just make disciples, but we're also committed to being disciples. So it's a two-way thing. We need to be making sure that our lives are ever growing in being disciples for ourselves, that we're committed to life transformation, to becoming Christ-like more and more each week, month and year as well as helping others to start the journey of being a disciple. Now, for me, a big part of discipleship involves walking with others, allowing others to have a voice in your life, not everyone, but people who have wisdom, people who have something to bring to our world, allowing them to have access to speak into our lives when and whenever they need to. That's what accountability is. It's making sure that your life isn't closed to wisdom or advice that others can bring. So what I'm speaking of is walking in relationship with others. We could call that relational accountability, but we don't see our lives as an island separated from the wisdom, advice or input of others, but rather we have a heart within us that says, I'm saved, I've received a gift of salvation, but here on earth, I want to grow into everything that God has called me to be. I want every area of my life to be changed and transformed. I'm sure as you're watching this today, that must be your heart. Don't get me wrong. Salvation is a, is a wonderful gift. The assurance of knowing that there's an eternity that waits for us where we walk in the favor and the grace of Christ. But also, don't you want to change here? Don't you want to grow? Don't you want to see your life go from glory to glory as you allow the Lord Jesus to be the Lord of every area of who you are? Now, for that to happen, we need to be ready to allow others to speak into our lives relationally. Like I said, that doesn't mean that you suddenly stand before the general public and say, everybody tell me what you think. That would be a very dangerous and scary and silly thing to do. But equally, we need to be ready to open our hearts to the wisdom of people that we respect in a relational sense so that we're not just getting wisdom on how to live from a stage or a platform, but from relationships that we're, that we're in, from people that we're walking with. Now, I really believe, and I've learned this over the years from making good mistakes, but also some bad ones, that it's good for a person to have accountability. 
It's good. It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It's a safe thing for a person to celebrate being accountable to others. Now, we're going to open this up a little bit more and say, what is it to have accountability? Well, it's many things, isn't it? But two things that stand out to me is it's having other people speaking into your life. Allowing other people, like I said, not everyone, not the general public, but certain people that have wisdom and can give good direction. It's allowing them to know that they have the right to speak in to your life in different areas, not being selective, but saying, hey, as you watch my life, would you feel free to speak into it? And that's really what accountability is. It's having other people watching over your life so that you've got people in your world that when they see you doing something that's not quite right, doing something that doesn't match a kingdom of God way of living, they know because you've given it to them that they have access to say, hey, stop. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about this attitude? Can we talk about how you're handling that situation? And they know you're not going to bark at them or send them off with a rebuke, but rather your heart is a heart that's teachable and says, listen, if you see something in my world that you feel you need to address, I want to give you permission to do that. To me, that's what true accountability is. It's celebrating and welcoming wise counsel. You know, when you read the book of Proverbs, it speaks about the benefits of wise counsel, that if you're going to go to battle, if you're going to go to war, it's good to have wise counsel. In fact, the whole book of Proverbs gives us wisdom on prudence and um, having accountability with people in our world. Now, let's be real. Sometimes accountability isn't something that we always want. But equally, it is something that we all need. It may not be something that we always want. Sometimes our soul can be resistant to accountability. Sometimes our soul, the soul of who we are, can be, I want to keep this just with me. I want to keep this a secret. I want to do this my way. I don't want the input of others. Now, when you live a little bit of life, you soon discover that sometimes you may have been right, but other times you weren't right. And you brought suffering or stress upon your life simply because you didn't include the voice or the wisdom or the input of others. I really, really believe that the Bible says to us, don't be like that. Be a person that loves and celebrates wise counsel. Even when your soul is saying to you, don't include others. Listen to what your spirit is saying. Listen to the Holy Spirit when he's saying, hey, why don't you go and share what you're going to do with this person or run past this person, some of the plans you have for that section of your life. There's so much wisdom and protection in living this way. Now, as a pastor, I've been a pastor now in Portsmouth for over 25 years. I have seen this done well, and I've seen this done not so well. Over the last 25 years, I've seen people who celebrate accountability. But when they're making a key decision in their life, Uh, concerning a relationship or a job or finances or an opportunity that, that comes their way. 
the first thing that they do is say, hey, pastor, can I come and speak to you? I just want to run something past you. I want your input. But I've also seen people who celebrate partial accountability. So you've got the first category of people that bring anything that's happening in their world to you to speak into. But then you can get a second category of person that isn't resistant to accountability, just selective. They'll let you speak into certain areas, but not others. That's not good enough, is it? Because God doesn't want you to have protection and success in some areas of your life. He wants you to enjoy protection and success and enjoy wisdom in every area. But I've experienced over the years when I've walked with people pastorally, that people sometimes let you know you can speak into this area and this area, or they say something to you like, I want to be accountable to you. And when you address something, maybe in a relationship in their life, they let you know straight away, no, not in that area of my life. And you suddenly realize as a pastor, they want selective accountability. Now, if they choose selective accountability, it means that they're only opening up selected areas of their life for the wisdom of God to come in and make them secure. That's not wise, is it? But then I've also met people, sadly, that want no, no accountability. They are going to do what they want to do. They don't want your input. And if you try and give your input, it's like what the Bible says. It's like casting pearls to swine. You see them going through a situation that they've gone through before. They've gone through before. They've gone through before. And you step into their world and say, hey, should we talk about the decisions that you're making here from a heart that loves you, from a heart that doesn't want you to make the same mistakes again? And sometimes you think that they would welcome it. But instead they go, no, no keep your nose out. They politely say this is none of your business. And then you have to sit back as a pastor and watch them repeat the cycle that's often silly, harmful, even sometimes very, very stupid. And they're going to keep on repeating that cycle and, and until they let somebody bring God's wisdom into what they're doing. So like I said, there can be three categories of people. And every one of us need to judge which category best fits us. Are you someone who loves accountability, but will allow spiritual people to speak into your life, no matter what area of, their, of your life it is? Are you somebody who's selective, that you allow people to speak into your life? You'll be accountable to people in some areas, but not others. Or are you like the person that doesn't have any accountability in your life? I want to encourage you, whichever category you identify with, make sure that you are celebrating more accountability, not walking on the pathway of less. You see, the Bible speaks a lot about this. Psalms 1 verse 1 it instructs us about not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. It says... Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the path of sinners or sits in the, in, in the company of wickedness or wicked people or mockers, it says within the Bible. Now, that's interesting. The very first psalm, the very first verse warns us about not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. 
The thing is, it doesn't say don't walk in counsel. It says don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The problem is that some people don't walk in any counsel at all. Now here, the warning is, don't get your counsel from wicked people. Don't get your counsel or your input. Don't be accountable to ungodly people. Don't be accountable to people that mock or people that are sinful in the way that they live. But what it's not saying is, don't be accountable. It's saying, don't be accountable to such people. You need to understand that the Bible says, be accountable to those who don't mock God, be accountable to those who are godly counsel, be accountable to those who aren't considered people walking on the pathway of sinners or wickedness. So when we read Psalms 1 verse 1, it's not telling us to keep away from counsel and accountability, just to, for us to be selective regarding godly input and ungodly input. But then another one of my favorite verses is found in Proverbs 18, verse 1. It says, a man who isolates himself is not wise and seeks his own. You can read it. It says, a man who isolates himself, pulls himself away from the wisdom of accountability is not wise. There's no wisdom in that. And it says that actually he who isolates himself is not wise and always isolates himself because he is a person that is seeking their own intention, their own, in own desires. But surely most of us have worked out by now when we live for living for ourselves, it really doesn't take us anywhere that's worth going. Now, here's the bottom line of why we need good accountability. The truth is, we can all be deceived. Every one of us has the potential to be deceived or to come under deception in an area of our lives, even when we're not under a deception in other areas. It's always amazed me that in certain areas of my life at any given time, I can be really doing good, a genius in some ways in certain areas of my life. Yet at the very same moment in another area of my life, I can be doing things that are really, really dumb. I'm sure that you can identify with that. Don't leave me here alone when I admit that to you. It's true, isn't it? But there's certain areas of our life that can be really prospering and doing so well. Yet at the same time, there can be another area of who we are that's absent of wisdom, input, not in accountability, so not flourishing like the other areas are. We need to understand that the devil wants to deceive us. He constantly wants to bring deception into our life, just like he did with Adam and Eve. He wants to bring a deceptive thought or a deceptive intention or desire into our world why? So he can corrupt what God's doing and the intentions and purposes of God for our life. We need to be people that are saying, I don't want anything that comes from the devil. I don't want any of his deception. I don't want to be knocked off of the pathway of God by listening or believing something that simply is not true. Maybe you're watching today and you're saying, ah, oh, yeah, that's not speaking of me. I can't be deceived. Yes, you can. 
any person has the ability to be deceived in an area of their life. And depending what area it is, it can bring great destruction upon what you're experiencing in the life that you're living. Now, think for a moment about King David. When we read about David in the Old Testament, he was a king. He had a calling. God saw him when he was a shepherd boy and saw within him the potential of a king. He walked with God like a friend of God. God loved the heart that David had for him. But in a moment, around 2 Samuel chapter 11, we see that David wasn't exempt of being deceived or having a thought come into his world that could take him in a wrong direction. I'm speaking about that moment with Bathsheba that we read about in 2 Samuel chapter 11, where it says he's on a roof on a time when men went to war. He should have been at war, but for some reason he was on this roof. And he looks over the balcony and he sees Bathsheba and adultery or a thought of adultery, a deception of adultery comes into his mind. And he acts on it and suddenly the thought becomes fully blown and soon the sin is committed. But not only that, David then, because the lady was married, sent her husband to the front line of battle knowing he would be killed. Now bear in mind, this is somebody that God had made king. This is somebody that God loved the heart of. This was someone that God had selected from among his brothers. But all of those qualifications didn't mean that he wasn't able to be deceived. Now, one of the downfalls of being king was he didn't have accountability to people, which pretty much meant what he said went. What he said happened, happened. He didn't have someone in his world, even though God had provided these men in the prophets He didn't walk in an accountability with others that took away vulnerability from his life. So we see that David follows through on this thought. He sleeps with Bathsheba. He sends her husband to the front line to be killed. All of his stuff is just a rubbish story that shouldn't have happened. But it all started with a deception, a thought that because he wasn't accountable to anyone, This thought was able to grow and produce the sinful actions that it did. But then we read in 2 Samuel chapter 12 that David has convinced himself. Because he's king, he's convinced himself, I'm allowed to do this. I'm the king. If I want this lady, I can have this lady. If I need to deal with her husband, I can deal with her husband. It's amazing how David was able to justify something so wrong. But we can do that as well, can't we? If we are left alone to ourselves, we're left with the ability to justify things that are happening in our lives that aren't right. They're wrong. But what God did is he sent this prophet called Nathan into David's world to bring him into accountability. Now, I love the wisdom of Nathan. Nathan turns up and uh, he's dealing with a king. So he says, let me tell you a story, King David. He said, Now, there was this man who had loads of sheep and there was this man who had one sheep. And the man who had loads of sheep took the sheep of a person who had one. And David, when he hears this analogy, is enraged. He says, that's wrong. That shouldn't happen. This man needs to be dealt with. And all of a sudden, the prophet Nathan says, well, actually, King David, that's what you've just done. In that moment, Nathan 
peeled away the deception and the lies that the king had justified and made him accountable for what had actually happened. And this is what I love about David. The moment he sees things clearly, he runs to the altar of God, confesses his sin. There were still consequences of what he did, but he comes with a heart and says, God, I am so sorry. I dressed this up to be something it never was. Forgive me, God. Take not your spirit from me. Create in me a pure heart. Renew a right spirit in me. And we see that incredible return of David to truth and to the way that God would have him to live. I want to encourage you, be someone who celebrates accountability. Remember, David thought that he was above it, but deception really affected his life and the life of innocent people as well. And that shouldn't have happened. I want to give you four things concerning accountability. Number one, have relational accountability with someone. Don't be that person in Proverbs 18 verse 1 who isolates himself from the wisdom of others. Don't be that person. Don't be that person that isolates themselves, that says, I am a law to myself. I don't need the voice or wisdom of others. Because actually, like David found out, that's a very dangerous place to live. Number two, maybe you want to have what I call accountability circles. You know, sometimes there's people that can bring wisdom to a certain area of your life. I've got different people in my life that bring wisdom and accountability to certain different areas of who I am. Obviously, just like you, I'm a, I'm a person with different areas. I'm a father. I'm a husband. There's a financial aspect to my life. There's a ministry aspect to my life. There's different aspects to my life. And what I've found is sometimes in my relational circles, there can be an individual who's really wise in one of those areas, maybe wise in handling finances. What I've learned to do is make myself accountable to that person for that area of my life. So instead of having just one accountability relationship, which is better than none, I have a number of people that speak into different sections of my life to bring wisdom, to watch me as I'm living out my life. I've given them permission to speak when they need to speak with bluntness into those areas. In fact, the more good people you have watching you, the safer you're going to be. Number three, when you have somebody that's a, an accountability relationship, be transparent and real with them. A person that you're holding yourself accountable to can only deal with the information you're giving them unless they're being prophetic and God speaks to them about your life. They're going to work with the information or the things that you've told them. So don't cover things up. Don't lie. Don't give them partial truth. If you're going to walk with people that you trust in accountability, be open, be transparent. Let them know what's happening so that they can bring good wisdom into what's happening. And number four, I would say pick wisely. Like I said, we shouldn't be accountable to general public. We shouldn't stand on a stage and say, hey, everybody, I just want you all to have a voice into my life. 
because some people like you, some people don't like you, some people would be happy if you didn't make it through the problem. There's a selection of people, many different people around our life. So I'm not saying let everyone speak wisdom into your life. I'm saying be somewhat selection, uh, selective. Choose somebody that has discretion and doesn't gossip. If you want to have accountability with a person, make sure they're not a person that's going to hear what you've said and then tell 45 other people. Choose a person that walks in confidence and discretion, never a gossip. Number two, pick somebody who's wise and not foolish. If you look at a person's life and you see that they keep making stupid mistakes, why would you say to that person, would you speak into my life? No, look for people that have discretion, but also walk in wisdom. Like I said, you may find wisdom for one area of your life with one person, wisdom for another area of your life with another person. But look for people who are walking in godly wisdom in an area of their life that you want to grow in your life and ask them for accountability. And number three, Always have people that love you enough to tell you the truth, even when you don't want to hear the truth. I love some of my friends. I love some of the accountability relationships I've got around my life. Sometimes I share things with them and they go, that's really good, Andy. That's really good. Yeah, I would carry on like that. Other times, these people will come to me, the people that I've made an accountability circle in my life, and they'll come to me and they'll say, Andy, we don't like what we're seeing. We don't like what we heard you say. You know, we're watching over you and Gina and the children, and you've been away too much. Or they'll speak into areas of my life. And to tell you the truth, my soul doesn't want to hear what they're saying. But my spirit says to me, these people love you. And they're speaking into your life, not to hold you back, but to keep you strong. So I want to encourage you when you look for people to be accountable to look for people that love you, but love you enough that they're not scared to offend you or upset you or give you a moment where you don't like them. Have people that love you more than what you think about them. So in a society where people seem to, to hate accountability on an ever-increasing um, falling point, let's not be a people that are against accountability. Let's be a people who celebrate accountability. Let's not be like people in the world that say, listen, I'm responsible for my life. I don't want input. I don't want others speaking in. Rather, let's be a person that walks in better wisdom than that. A person that says, you know what? I want to live this life that I'm living for God the very best way that I can, which means I need accountability and the input of others, which means I'm going to step out of the corridor of isolation and allow the Holy Spirit to show me some relationships that are in my world where there are people that I trust, people who are discreet, not gossips, people who walk in wisdom themselves and people that love me enough to tell me the truth. And I'm going to ask those people to have a voice into my life, to watch over me as I live out my life following Christ, knowing that they can speak whenever they see something that they don't understand. 
I hope you've enjoyed this message today. Listen, this message really will put you on a strong platform for living. We need to be a people that don't reject accountability, but celebrate it, knowing the value it brings to both us, our families, and the decisions we're going to make next. God bless you.